Welcome to the Church Office Podcast, and my name's Gavin Smith, and it's a joy to welcome you today. Uh, our special guest today is Tola Munro. Uh, Tola has uh, been a church member at Christ Church for right from day one, uh, 25 years ago. Uh, Tola was also uh, been the church administrator at Christ Church for numerous years. Uh, in fact, Tola, we're sat in your old office, aren't we, recording this? Yeah, hi Gav. Yeah, we are. And you obviously can't see us because we're on the podcast, but uh, we knocked these rooms through oh, decades ago probably, but uh, this part used to be my office. There used to be a wall here to my right, uh, sorry, a door to my right and a wall in front of where I'm sat. And you used yeah. to be, you were in a different office back <laughs> in the day then. Yeah, it's good. How we've knocked the building around and changed it over 25 years, it's, uh, it's good. So Tal, how long were you the church administrator for? So I started in this office ninety eight and I finished here in two thousand four. Yeah. And I was administrator probably from ninety nine. So initially I came in as a youth worker, youth leader. Yeah. And then took over the role of administration. Gradually took it over. That's right. I took it over probably full time pretty much from two thousand onwards. And this podcast is meaningful because Tolly used to be my, you know, youth leader. So oh um, you had hair back then. <laughs> I had definitely had hair back then. Um, but yeah, so it's great to be able to get him on here. And Tolly just serves the church in numerous ways. Uh, Tolly's a safeguarding officer um, and takes care of all the implementation of the policy and working with the teams and the training that's involved. Uh, you're now a full-time police officer, sergeant. Is that right? A police officer, police inspector, actually, police detective inspector. inspector. Recently, uh, yeah, just promoted last year, so that's that's pretty much what I went into after I left working here. Yeah, and Toller is your president of the Black Police Officer Association. No, I, I stood down from that last year. Okay, uh, still involved in some of the issues with regard to that, but uh, no, I'm not El Presidente anymore. Okay, so you, you're involved in loads and loads. And Toller also is involved in our church security team. And I do. I do want to touch on that in the podcast because I can't imagine there's many churches that have a security team. So it'd be interesting to kind of pick your brains on. Yeah, on you need to make sure that when you say that, you make sure that people know that, we're, that they're not all ninjas. We do have one ninja on the team, but the rest of them are sort of old folks who are more welcoming and, and know how to speak to people more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of fun and game. So uh, so that's the podcast. We are going to cover uh, a little bit about Toller's kind of involvement early on in the church as a church administrator. Uh, we want to look at safeguarding a little bit and chat about that, chat about the security team. Um, so if you've got any questions that relate to any of these areas, then do please get in contact at info at thechurchoffice.co.uk. And I know we're going to do follow-up sessions with Tola, and I know Tola's quite happy to get in front of the camera and uh, do some pieces. I'm committing yeah. you here, Tola, to yeah. some, uh, <laughs> some future work. Um, so Tola, tell us about your um, experience of being a church administrator in the early days, because um, there wasn't loads of church administrators around, and there still isn't many around, in, certainly in Wales anyway. Um, so you must have been, you know, a new role, pioneer role. And obviously we've talked to Pete before about mm. his passion to mm. have somebody functioning in a kind of management role in the church. Um, so tell us a bit about that, your experience. Yeah, so Pete's probably a good place to start because, as I said, I'd come on here as a youth leader. I'd been involved in running... Uh, a group that we had that was called uh, TJs. Yeah, nice uh, That went on to become, um, I think, 1031, 1031 or a few other different names and stuff like that. I mean, back in the day, you and your brothers were here as well. Yeah. I had your, your older brother here, he runs a church in Bristol, and your younger brother who's now with the fire service. Yeah. 
and um, we we did a lot of that for a couple of years. And then I think listening to Pete's podcast the other day separately, he said that they recognised there was a need for an administrator who had PAs um, and still has PAs and really good PAs. Um, there was a need to sort of do that, and I think. I naturally had started to do some stuff that was administration based anyway. We had a secretary yeah. here uh, and then we had a, a team coming from the States and I helped organize them coming across from that. And then I was involved in a few other areas. And there was talk then about a a conference. Um, yeah, of course. Like a, a, a weekend away for the church. It's called a celebration. Yeah. And um, I think Pete asked me to get involved in organizing that. And as a part of that, he said, look, you really need to see some really good administrators with the... Uh, the church movement we were involved with at that stage called Sovereign Grace. Yeah. So he sent me across to Washington, D.C. I love it. Uh, a little road trip. Flo- Sorry? little road trip to little, the States. little road trip, yeah. It'd be nice to Florida, but uh, <laughs> D.C. is not too bad either. Yeah. And we're based out of a town called Gaithersburg in Maryland. Yeah. And I spent some time there with a couple of guys, a guy called Tommy Hill. Okay, yeah, uh, I know Tommy. Some of you might know Tommy Hill. His son now lives over here. Yeah. And um, Caleb. And um, also with a guy called Bo Litinsky, who'd been a, a long-term friend, somebody I'd known yeah. for a long time prior to that. And it was really good to spend time with them, get some idea, sit in the Sovereign Grace offices and get some idea of how those things run. So it was a good experience. And I think it's the kind of thing that I think you're going to be doing as well, Gavin, is going to other churches and mm-hmm. spend some time with them. So it was uh, it was good to see that. And I came back chock-block full of ideas and yeah. um, suggestions and policies and other things. Yeah, and th- those things do make a difference, and they're going and visiting a church. Mm. You know, you can sit and watch videos and do training, and even stuff on on the church office is great. But actually, going to see a church in action, um, meet the staff who are doing a similar kind of role to you, I- I've just hugely benefited from those times, and and would promote that opportunity. And and you know, likewise, uh, Christchurch. I know Pete's offered it and his podcast for people to come here and mm. to see what we're doing and. And, and an opportunity to learn and, and look at things in a different way and those things are yeah. great yeah i think absolutely i remember the first time i went to the, the visit to the 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 movement was based out of a church building in gaithersburg and the first time i went to see that building I was amazed not just for building sake but just all that they'd done and practical things about the car parking and care for children i mean they had like a a, a cover over the entrance to the the church building that you could drive your car into so people yeah. didn't have to get wet and stuff like that. It'd be great for having that here, wouldn't it? Yeah, be? If you it could, would. <laughs> uh, yeah, you couldn't park there, but you could drop people off and stuff like that. They had people out on the road making sure that they were directed in. So, yeah. yeah, it was it was good to see all of those practical things done to serve people and really just to extend the gospel. Yeah, no, it, it, they do things so well over there, don't they, in terms of like customer services if you think about the church members coming mm-hmm. uh, as a customer they you know they have people on the road welcoming they help parking they've got greeters um donuts tea and coffee i mean it's uh, extensive isn't it yeah the- yeah i don't know about all the donuts i'm <laughs> trying to lose weight at the moment but yeah they do do all that really very well and they make you feel very welcome and separately to that they also had their church administration so i was there for the southern grace movements administration but yeah. they also met with the church administration and again, they had a lot of those things all pretty much nailed down, uh, things that were really good ideas for me to take into place. So then on a separate trip, I then went up to uh, another church up there run by a good friend of ours, Dave Harvey. Yeah. And again, they had some really good stuff. They had some stuff to do with youth ministry, and I used to look after the children's ministry as well, and I took some information back from that, which yeah. led to some changes in our own children's ministry here. Yeah, so you know what it's like to, to spin lots of plates and oh, be involved yes. in... in in a whole range of different things 
Um, and just you, you were involved in, you know, the purchasing of the building and all the work that must have gone involved in, in that. Let's so. So when we first moved into this building, and again, I don't know if people have seen the the outside of the building. It doesn't look anything in particular. And you'd no. be right; it was actually built as a part of a BT British Telecom's uh, estate. Yeah. And in fact, the other part of the estate here is still used by them as an exchange. But this was their store. Yeah. Uh, and funny things, we've actually got a church member who used to come here when it was a store. Adrian <laughs> Cox used to come <laughs> yeah, here that's right, yeah. and used to say, yeah, I used to get in those account here. I'd get all my cables and stuff like that and uh, and the like. But it was built. And so we actually rented it for some time from British Telecom. Yeah. And then um, your uncle. Yeah. Pete yeah. Bowley, who was one of the pastors here at the time, uh, really put through the finance and sorted out the finance to bring it all together for us to buy it. Yeah. Uh, and paid a good price, and the mortgage got paid off a few years ago, I believe. Yeah, and it was right, it was a yeah. good purchase, but uh, again, God's gifts to us were really well suited. Huge car park here, which is always yeah. helpful on Sunday morning. Yeah, uh, and literally just off the M4 on the junction with the the roads that run into town and up towards the valleys. Yeah, uh, and I know people are always amazed with that. And also, it's a good way of serving then. Yeah other things here so we've got the vaccination program running here yeah we've got that running currently and that's been great yeah you know 1200 people a day coming into the building to be vaccinated and you know the same conversation over and again i've lived in newport all my life i didn't realize you guys were here um and so it's a great kind of way to to get you know if people come back Mm. they've already stepped through the door they've already seen it and and those things can make a difference can't they and so yeah we're praying that you know those that came for a vaccination might you know, might uh, hear the gospel and and receive the good news. Um, and it's not obvious to see it. So I know, again, I think you've spoken about the star of star of Newport that we have in yes. the building here and the banners we have here. But you know, people don't always see those things. But it's a good way to serve the community and engage with the community. Um, in fact, I've got a prop here. Go on. Uh, a couple of props here. One I can give you, one I can't. So can you remember this? What this is, Gav? I remember that. It's uh, the police. There was a conference, wasn't there? Was it the G10? It was the NATO conference. NATO conference, yeah. Can you remember what year it was? No, that, I can't remember. Doesn't seem that long. Two thousand fourteen. I it know was. the police force were based here uh, for a period of time. Yeah. So I was involved in that as well. I got the the, the good gig. We were based up at the uh, Celtic Manor Hotel, the, okay. the the golf resort, and we we rode around there on bikes and stuff like that. But there were some teams who were stuck in different places, yeah. either as uh, reserves or doing different things. There was a team based here, weren't there? Yeah, that's and, and right. What, what yeah. happened, Gav, with regard to that? Oh, I mean, it, it was great to have them here. Um, they they needed to be sort of off the beaten track to be able to kind of respond to different situations. So uh, we had great fun with them in the in the rear car park, engaging with them and chatting with them. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't remember hugely much about it now. I think my understanding was was that one of the teams that was based here, um, they set them up porter cabins. Oh right, yeah, and the, that's right. The female officers on the team weren't particularly interested in using the portal cabins. I think they were worried about their colleague tipping them over and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so you think you let them use the toilets here, didn't you? We did. Well? Yeah, we opened up in. The, I think we opened up the foyer in the end, actually, and let them use the toilet and had a tea and coffee base. And Excellent. They kicked the football around the back, and because they were just sat waiting, exactly, you yeah. know, waiting, if, you know, if anything were there were to be an incident. So, uh, yeah, things like that are great, aren't they? And church administrators get involved in. In kind of renting out the community and 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 being involved in uh, in these kind of projects, so yeah, the NATO. So, 2000, so yeah, there's a what, gift 14? you gave. There's a copy of the book of uh, the conference. You can keep it in the collection of, uh, of memories and stuff like that. But yeah, and again, 
I, I don't know of any colleagues. I think it was from another force that was based here, but it was just an, another way in which you know the, the buildings used to serve that, and through your gift of administration, um, spotting that an opportunity to reach out and stuff like that. And who knows, you know, in the future, somebody will say. I never went to church. The only time I've ever been to church was when I was down in Newport once for a conference, yeah. Uh, yeah. for the NATO conference, and yeah. uh, church opened up to us there and let us use the toilets there. You know. It's absolutely right. And we, we've talked about on previous podcasts, Todd, about um, just connecting everything that we do to the gospel mm. and, you know, serving the community with, you know, either the police or NHS. We've done, um, you know, pensioners concerts with the... Uh, you know, local sort of groups. I'll be there uh, soon. i pensioners groups soon. Yeah, and, and things like that are great. And I, I love these things, and I, and I think they are gospel opportunities. And, and although they might be sort of pre-evangelism and, and you know, they're not um, some of the formal courses like Alpha or Christianity Explored, but they, they do feed into it. And, um, you know, things like that I love, you know, things like Food Bank and CAP and all those kind of projects that we run, you know, serving the community is, is a big part of what, I suppose church administrators do you know we kind of connect the church to the community in some ways so we 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 did less of that um you know 20 years ago when i was doing that we were starting to move in that direction a bit more um we had a couple of programs running which i wasn't directly involved with but we would be kind of coming to a room so we had kids club yeah which run on saturday morning yeah um adrian smith he was working here as a schools worker again there were people that were coming in related to that so it was yeah. more going out to the community rather than inviting them here at that stage yeah um but i remember you were talking with was it the other gav you were talking about yeah. on the on the podcast about um mistakes you'd made yes yeah and it's uh, an interesting podcast. Uh, and it reminded me of my biggest one uh it reminded me of two there was there was a, some leaflets we did about a church um event which was about the spiritual gifts okay about it was called the common good yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd got some printing work done. I think you've had your own troubles with oh, printing yeah. you, and stuff like that. And I got yeah. these things printed. And I did them in this really nice font and uh, checked it all on my computer and stuff off. And they came back. And the font had meant that these actually had run off the page. Oh, so no. it came as a common goo. <laughs> Uh, so, so we had to get those redone because now you wanted to come to the common goo rather than the common good um but that was the better one of the two the other one was um a bonfire night we wanted to reach out oh, to the I do community remember going to this as a kid oh and this this was an absolute nightmare so previously we'd done our own just private little bonfire nights yeah, and Phil and, and other people have burnt up the car park this, yeah. this, in fact there's still holes in the car park with oh, yeah. regards to the, where they blew up the, the concrete the, the guys wanted to do a bigger one to reach out to the, commu- to the community and stuff like that. And at that time, we were using the footbridge that runs over the dual carriageway mm-hmm. uh, outside the church building to advertise various things. We were advertising yeah. Sunday mornings, and they said, well, let's, let's advertise a bonfire night, and let's, let's put on free food for people and stuff like that. <laughs> Big mistake. Oh, my goodness. Because we had a it. huge turnout. And I'd been told... I'm blaming other people here. <laughs> but I'd been told that somebody else was running it all. They they turned out they were running the fireworks. They weren't yeah. running the food. So I just left them to it. And I went off and came back for this thing to attend it with my family. And uh, it turned out that we had nowhere near enough food for the number oh, of people no. we had. We had people fighting over food. Yeah. Adrian came up with a tray of food at one point and people just dived on him and just grabbed yeah. all this food. I, I nipped off to Tesco's or Sainsbury's to try and get some extra food and stuff like that, but it was just absolutely horrendous. Yeah. 
And um, <laughs> I mean, there were over a thousand people there, Tom, wasn't it? I mean, it was just completely rammed. I've never, yeah, I don't think we've seen an event quite like that. In no, our I history. think the free food was the thing that kind of just invited people. It was great because we had a lot of people, and, and yeah. people talked about it not necessarily for the right reasons. <laughs> uh, so yeah. the next year, it was in my bag to do. It was all sorted. It was definitely uh, yeah. done. I think Alan, Alan's, um, Alan Woods got involved with yeah. that as well. And we actually it. brought some vans onto the uh, the car park and people could buy food from there. Okay, that makes sense. than that. So we learned our lessons. Yeah. But yeah, I still uh, I still think about that and put my head in my hands with horror about the number of people we had, which is great, but yeah. the, the, we, we just weren't prepared for that number. That I would time. have loved to have seen the uh, the risk assessment for that project or that the event. risk assessment? <laughs> what, back in the early noughties? Yeah. No. It didn't, didn't exist, did it? We did so, that, no. You know, the, the, the hoops we have to do now. I mean, we tried to organise a, a teens family sort of firework night and um, the insurance company uh, made it quite challenging to kind of pull something off and you have to have fixed numbers and there's you a fixed like premium meters away or something like that or 50 yeah. meters and even with our big car park here we couldn't really do it it's, so. um, it was tight and uh, I think you know it, yeah it, it is more difficult now isn't it to kind of put something like that on um, as an organised event so uh, I don't think well, we've done one since have we <laughs> Well, I mean, again, part of my work then was putting into place some of the, the paperwork and documents and stuff like that. So yeah. the one of the things that we sorted out was the, the fire drill and the fire procedure. Yeah. And uh, again, if you ever come to the building here, you'll see we're right next to the fire station. I was yeah, told, well, we right. don't need a fire procedure. If, if, <laughs> if there's a fire, we can walk down and get them to come up. We'll run. Um, but, um, you know, I need to ask you, have we ever run a fire drill since I think the last one we run was about 15, 16 years ago? Yeah, we tend to run the fire drills sort of in the midweek. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think um, Pete was saying to me, you know, imagine, you know, what it'd be like on a Sunday trying to coordinate it. Uh, so we've done training and, and different things with fire marshals and gone through all of those things and ticking the right I think boxes. Pete, and, Pete's the, 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 the difficult with that. And listen, you know, they run the church, the pastors run the church, I understand that, but I tried to get them to run it once. I think we ran it once with the kids without anything like that. And we yeah. got all the kids to go downstairs and make their way out. Yeah, we've done that parents. before, yeah, just so that... We didn't have the back stairs in as well, so we just had the ones that are stairs in. At yeah. least now we've got two sets of stairs. Yeah, we've got we've created two uh, two exit points now, mm. which is better. So, yeah, all those things. I mean, yeah, you must have been kind of entering into a stage where policies and stuff were changing. So, you know, you had to start to have some of these things in place, um, you know, which are almost like standard procedure now. You know, you can't have a youth club event running without a, a risk assessment done. You know, you can't have uh, youth workers there without any DBS checks and... You know, so there's so much work that go, that goes in behind the scenes now. Um, so tell us a bit about your role on the safeguarding kind of things, because that that's so important for churches to do. And I know a lot of bigger churches have things in place, but a lot of smaller churches might think, ah, you know, we've got one or two kids, maybe we don't need to do anything. Um, and and I've come across that a little bit, Tal. But yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, you know, and it does link into what we said about those policies and things. And we, we talked about running checks on children's workers and we didn't even talk about safeguarding policy back in the day. Uh, I think we, I think we had a child protection policy yeah. coming through. Uh, and I know you've done a load of work on that, Gav, which is great. Um, and it, I guess it was partly a question of, you know, what do churches need to do because... The government says it, yeah. and there's clear instructions throughout the gospel. You know, yeah. Romans 12 and other things that Jesus yeah. said about that you need to go along with what the the government says and the like. 
Um, but what did we have to do and what was required to do? And I think perhaps there's a degree of naivety about the way in which certain yes. people whose intention isn't to do well by children and harm them yeah. can do that. So I think we, we then came to it from a point of view of we need to look after children and protect them, which is what Jesus said. Yeah. Jesus said, you know, suffer not the children to come to me. And he said, you know, look after the children in various places. And so coming from that that perspective, safeguarding became an imperative, really, in yes. regards to doing that. And not just having a policy, but making sure we had things in place to make sure that children coming to the building here would be safe, that members whose children were here would be uh, reassured that they could come to the children's work and wouldn't be affected. But also in reaching out to people as well, they would have seen what's happened perhaps with some churches, other mm -hmm. churches where children haven't been safe in that environment and, and might be concerned that we would do that. And so we would be in a place where we could reassure people in coming here, yeah. in using the building and coming to events that we put on, the various things we put on. And we run a number of things pre-coronavirus yeah. pre where children are coming here. So it's very much, a, again, part of our gospel outreach that we wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, and so all of our youth workers now are DBS checked. Yeah, uh, we train them. They go through a training process. I think there's a training video for new people coming on board to see yeah. as well. And those who interact with children, uh, at, at the very basic premise uh, that nobody that works with children is on their own with children. Yeah, that's our big. Uh, that's a very big basic headline, premise. isn't it? That's yeah. a big headline. Yeah. Never alone. Um, never alone. And we train them to look out for signs of abuse as well. So particularly, perhaps more with our our youth work. Yeah, um, which runs used to run on a Friday, and I think sometimes on the weekends as well, and weekends away, they would look for signs of abuse. They'd be open to that, and if the children began to discuss issues with that, so we've had a couple yeah. of referrals that have come out of that processes. Yeah, uh, that we passed on both from children whose parents are in the church, but also from children uh, who've, who've come from other communities yeah. around Newport. Yeah, it it really is a. a priority to have a have a policy in Absolutely. place mm. there there is plenty of support out there with charities and other organizations to you know to provide model policies to provide the training um and it's so important isn't it you don't just have these things just as a tick box to say right we've got it in place but actually there's ongoing work there's mm. always ongoing conversations i know you're having with youth workers and children's ministry workers there's ongoing training um you know policies are updated and reviewed um, you know, again, we, we've got a vulnerable adults policy and looking to to bring those things in and think again differently about how we can, you know, protect people who are in in those kind of situations. And uh, it, it really is an essential part of gospel ministry. And you have to see it like that. You have to be able to go that if we don't have these things in place, children and vulnerable adults can't come and hear the gospel. So the priority then is just is raised much much yeah, and absolutely and, and and putting my my police officer hat on again uh, at the moment you know to think that there are people out there who don't wouldn't seek to harm children yeah and wouldn't seek to seek opportunities and embed themselves in churches yeah you know and and learn all the right things to say and do all the right things just to get an opportunity um brings a degree of naivety again jesus said you know be as innocent as serpents wise as doves i always wondered why he said it that way around and i was confused <laughs> it but you know he, he did make it clear that we need to be yeah aware of of, of walls coming in dressed in sheep's clothing yeah. Uh, yeah so that's that's what we do and that's the serious part as well and, and another part of that safeguarding and i do know you've got a you've got a solo workers policy here as well yeah which is important for those of you who are working 
on your own, but maybe coming into contact with people. Um, not that far from here and across one of the, the valleys further across there was a, a Roman Catholic priest who was murdered by somebody yeah. um, that he'd been reaching out to and stuff like that so you know again we need to be wise in regards to yeah. the way in which our pastors are going out and meeting with people I think yeah. Lewis told a horror story a few years ago about yeah. me, being meeting with somebody and this guy in his house had a samurai sword and stuff like that and uh, uh, he got out of there I think fairly quickly with regards to that yeah. and so you know we, we want you guys to be safe as well so yeah, those things are so important. You know, I think I remember once going to doing a visit for a kids, you know, child protection. Uh, sorry, kids club, mm. and uh, it raised a child protection issue. We went, and, and we had no idea, but the mum was a prostitute, and the house was known, and these kids were coming on the weekend away, and. And You're probably on a system somewhere. Gav visits the house of a known prostitute. It's, you know, yeah. Suddenly, <laughs> you know, we're trying to work it out, and. Um, Bless the heart that, you know, the lady saying to me, I'm going to have the money for you for the trip, you know, tomorrow. And I'm thinking, you suddenly start making connections, thinking, oh, my goodness, I can't go back to this lady's house tomorrow and collect this money <laughs> for kids to come on the weekend away. Mm. Um, and those things happen, don't they? So the more you reach out, yeah. the more messier and complicated Absolutely. things get. And, yeah. you know, having clear procedures and policies in place to protect, you know, staff, and to protect the children and uh, young people. And, and, so, and that's the word, isn't it, messy? I think Pete's talked about the gospel being messy and messing things up. And, you know, and we, we, we've we got a lot of people from middle class uh, backgrounds here in the church that we want to be reaching out to all sorts of people and not yeah. let those things be a barrier. And, uh, and all joking aside, I know you went to this house with somebody yeah. else and and the like, but, you know, I can, I can just imagine Jesus going and doing that and reaching out to that in the same ways he did with Levi yeah. and with other yeah. people and... Uh, and in the whole thing with Simon, where Simon's, this woman comes in washing his feet, and they're saying, "Does Jesus know who this woman is?" Yeah. And the like. So we, we need to be open to doing that, and we need to, to be reaching out to that. And um, I think as a, as administrators, that's something that's you've extended way past that I did with regards to that, and uh, and you've taken it on to another level. So yeah. you clearly got a gift in that, Gavin. You know, a biblical gift in regards uh, to that. That's kind of you, mate. Encouragement. Thank you. So. Let's talk a bit about security then, because that kind of leads yeah, on in another sort of protective kind of role. And, yeah. you know, I suppose some people would hear this and go, you've got a security policy, you know, a team. Um, what was that about? I mean, how do we, you know, what were your thoughts on it? Because, you know, you've got a number of police officers in the, in the church who, who mm. kind of are in those roles. Um, who are very good at identifying different risks and yes. risk management and and there were certainly some um, some political things and some some stuff in the media where churches were being targeted mm. and, and there was a concern that that could develop into generally develop into something um, and as Christchurch gets more well known with some you know in the community yeah. the risk in, increases so What's your thoughts on that? Tom? So again, it was part of that messy thing that we talked about as we were increasingly, I think, about eight eight years ago, reaching out and and um, a good friend of ours who's gone to be with Jesus, yeah. uh, Dan Gavetta, yeah, approached me about doing this, and uh, I guess under instructions from the pastors, he was working here, um, and um, he talks about, you know we've got some children coming here whose parents are in difficult situations and the children might not be allowed to go home with dad or mum. They can only yeah. come with one parent and not yeah. go home with the other parent and stuff like that. And we need to be aware of it. So the focus of the security team was very much on the children's work and, yeah. and making sure that, again, children can come here and have a safe environment. Yeah. Um, 
so and it's still core to what we do now uh, as a security team so it was very much set up with being the first point of contact if people are coming here we don't know about the the, the building welcoming people which is why as i yeah. said most of us are a bit older and i want people on the team who are able to speak to people and just yeah. encourage people um but also just providing a degree of reassurance around the building we'd had a few cars broken into or looked at in the car park yeah so we patrol the car park as well um and then if people are coming here it's quite easy actually in some ways gav i just tell the guys to look out for something that looks a bit out of the ordinary with people yeah, coming here yeah. um somebody that's coming here that's not really come here for the meeting yeah somebody that's come here that you know may, may sort of raise some hackles so you know over the eight years we've had very few incidents where that would be a concern yeah there was one a few years ago where somebody came that clearly wasn't here for the meeting it come a bit later on sometimes people come a bit later than what time yeah. the meeting starts um, but then started talking to a couple of guys on security um, and said, actually, I'm here looking for my wife. She comes here and he clearly didn't. We quickly narrowed down who that was yeah. and what he was here for. So they had a good conversation with him. Um, and then when she came out, he was waiting for her and they were able to sort of make sure that was all okay. And yeah. that worked out really well. And he's been once or twice since then yeah. and not a member. Uh, somebody else came We quickly spoke to the security team. And again, they said something not quite right about this guy coming here. Turned out that he shouldn't be here. He was on the sex offenders register. He shouldn't yeah. be coming where the children Absolutely were. Absolutely right. They raised that with uh, one of the pastoral team. We went and sat and spoke to him. Yeah. And it was raised with me, and I was able to pass some information on. And he was spoken to and didn't then attend afterwards. Yeah. And those are kind of the headline things. And yeah. when I say over the yeah. last eight years, those yeah. are the two that come to mind uh, with regard to that. And so we would then, during the course of the meeting, be you know looking around the children's work, looking for any loose children running around. Yeah. Uh, don't find any because they're not looked after by the children's workers yeah. um and if any that are in the main hall come out we'd be sort of making sure that they're okay in regards to that so yeah. again it's very much about serving the church serving the church membership being there as the face of that um and again all of the security team are dbs checked yeah uh they've all had their their, their safeguarding training as well yeah and uh we don't meet very often when we do we meet we have uh, pizza so yeah. if anybody's interested in joining the domino's in for you don't i yeah security team uh come to the meetings the meetings last about five minutes and then we <laughs> eat pizza for the rest of the time no we don't do that so yeah. we had one yeah last year and uh, that's always worth just chatting for you a few issues and, and yeah. like and it's it has worked hasn't it tyler you know there are you know the situations you refer to you know you you those have served the church massively they've just been a, a filter and, and i love your approach to it and i think you know we're not that they're not there as bouncers or you know that kind of security but in a sense it's we do a have a ninja. We, one of them seriously trains as a ninja yeah so. <laughs> it's useful to know isn't it in the back pocket so i think we've got this guy here who can help um yeah i mean we've had other people turn up drunk or yeah. aggressive and you know and people on the security team have got experience and there's some specific training and, and and to diffuse situations yeah. and and for it not to become a, a distraction to the kind of Sunday meeting, the, you know, the gospel going out. So, and it's very clear the, you know, we fall under you as administrator with regards to that and and the rotors that we have come from you. But the overall kind of strategic, if I call that, yeah. direction comes from the pastoral team, and they make it clear uh, what they want us to do and how that operates and stuff like that. So I think it's important with all of these other ministries within the church yeah. that, that they fit under the direction leadership of the pastors um yeah. so there was some talk about you know do we make sure that when people get up after the meeting 
that we warn them, you know, look after their children and look after your bits and pieces and stuff like that. And the guys have said, no, you know, we, there was a family feel to the church and we yeah. want that, that to continue with regards to that. And listen, you know, again, it's going to fit different for different churches. For those yeah. of you listening to the podcast, you may say, we have no need for that. There's only a handful of us and we know everybody and that's fine. That may suit you. Yeah. Um, you may be in a situation where all of the people coming to you are coming from difficult situations and you may not want to do that, but you really got to go with what works for you and, and the, yeah. the issues that are raised for you. But it was something that was raised with us. And I actually think that um, we probably don't have some of the concerns that were being raised eight years ago when Dan yeah. asked us to do this yeah. because we've got that and we don't have many cars running in the car park anymore because I, there were people scouting out the car park clearly yeah. uh, to see what they could get and and that went away yeah i think all of that has it's, it's it's been great i you know i would recommend that church administrators think about it you know our site is is quite a large site it backs onto some grounds where people can access and mm. and so there are, you know you have to kind of think through those things we've had phones taken before and various other things so the security team have been great and so Toller has kindly put together a a kind of a fact sheet or a procedure sort of sheet that we've used here and, and Todd has given us permission to put it on the church office website so and it's the most recent one it needs updating I think a bit yeah, a things, we've, yeah, yeah. we've updated it a little okay, bit and, and we've added it on the website so you can at least have a look at what kind of is involved in that role that kind of job description mm. the kind of things that you're covering when you say about kids you know the car park you know picking up these mm. uh, these queries that come through uh, and different people just randomly coming on site and, and serving um, in the background, which which is great. For a church administrator, I don't have to think about that on a Sunday. Um, you know, I can think about the ministry kind of things and making sure that all of that functions well. Um, so, yeah, get a toller in your church. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a police officer, does it? But No, no. The, and, and again, you know, we're more than happy to, if other people want advice and stuff, you can pass it on to me with regards to, yeah. to that as well. Um Although it was interesting, so I, I mentioned that we used to prepare for the celebrations a good few years yeah. ago, 20 years ago. We, we ran several of these conferences up in Nottingham. Yeah. So we were uh, travelling up 100, 150 miles, taking stuff up there and stuff like that. And the, the day before the event, I think it ran from Friday through to the Bank Holiday Monday in August. Yeah, that's right. And the day before the event, the Thursday, we'd go and pick up a, a, a van, load this van up a big Luton van load up with full of stuff and take it up there and stuff like that and your brothers were involved in that yeah they love like all that, that. Well. and we're all getting all the PA staff the PA guys like to get all of their kit on board first of all and make sure they're secure and then chuck everything else on afterwards and we're getting all this stuff together and back in the day the building had the, these big yellow double doors yeah so we drove these vans into the double doors to load it in the dry and make sure everything was all sorted and and I think I'd come back into the offices to do some stuff with administration. And the next second, it may be Nathan or it may be Trev yeah. comes running through and said, you need to come through. Well, what's happening? Oh, we've got some police officers to come through. So the drug squad <laughs> had been watching the building for some reason. And again, didn't know what the that. building was. <laughs> and they seen these vans coming and going and the doors open and stuff like that. And they thought they'd got this raid. So they called in all the stuff. I don't think there was any firearms back then. And they made a raid on the premises. And uh, we had to tell them, it, unfortunately, it wasn't that and stuff like yeah. that. So I don't think any of them came back. After That's the that. sort of thing you don't want in the local newspaper, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, a day in the life of the administrator defending off the drug squad yeah, yeah. telling them we're not uh, yeah there's all sorts of drugs things then. the job description is uh, is wide and broad isn't it, it so, is um, indeed. so what kind of um, encouragement have you got for church administrators in, in this role um, oh, what wow. have you learnt and, and sort of you know you've reviewed over the last number of years 
that you've served in it and still serve behind the scenes in all the things that you're doing. Um, I'd love to pick your brains on that and, and hear uh, some encouraging words from you, my friend. I'm going to um, take us, first of all, just back to the... Uh to the God, to the, the the Bible, in fact, and I was just thinking about this as I was thinking about and speaking with you about this, Gavin. You know, one of my good friends way way back in the day, and it's a long term friend I've known since I was a child, goes to a church in the southeast, uh, and we were chatting when I was here, and I said to him, "Oh, I'm an administrator," and he got really excited and he said, "Oh, you're a minister," and I had to correct him and say, "No, no, only the administrator," <laughs> and he was kind of disappointed and stuff like that, you know. Um, but actually, you know what you do what i used to do is is key to that it's key to the body yeah and how the body functions and i was reminded of the bit from you might don't mind me just yeah reading from 1 corinthians 12 where it talks about verse 24 god has so composed the body giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it that there may be no division in the body and he talks on a bit more about what we call the spiritual gifts yeah uh, and some of these, I think, get overrated in regards to that. But he talks about what is kind of an ad hoc list. I don't think yeah. this is a list, an exclusive list. No. But he goes on and says, verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. And he goes on to say, you know, these are all important, yeah. all important parts of the body and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, people miss out on that. They say they focus in on the apostles and miracles and tongues. But embedded in that, this is administration. And yeah. I do think, um, I, I don't think I, I would have the, the level of gift that you had with regards to that. I had some degree of gift with regards to that. And there were things that we put into place pretty much as the church began to grow and, and do that. But you have taken it on a whole level with regards to that and and... As I was coming out of that role back in two thousand and four, and we had a, we had a meeting and, and we we discussed what I was doing, and a lot of what I was doing was more project based, and that yeah. came from my engineering background. I, and and I wasn't so keen on the nitty gritty day to day running of things, yeah. the cleaning of the building, the cutting yeah. of the grass, um, you know, making sure if there was a leak in the building. Those sorts of things weren't my strength. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, all of those things get done and. Mm -hmm. It's almost like people don't notice these things get done yeah. because they do get done. So I yeah. would say, by way of encouragement, a first of all, administration clearly a gift that yeah. God gives to the church. Yeah. <clears throat> and for the pastors who are listening and considering whether we need to have an administrator, well, you know, if you feel you need to have somebody that that's uh, moves in the prophetic gifts and somebody that moves in interpretation and moves yeah. in tongues, then you need to be having looking at having somebody that moves in administration. They may not be a yeah. full time person, but you definitely need to have that in your church. Yeah. yeah. And they bring something to the church that makes sure that all the stuff that behind the scenes needs to get done, gets done. So when you've got an event and you need to have lots of food, yeah. you've got enough food for people. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a risk management policy, then that's sorted. Office staff, if you've got office staff that they're looked after, they're cared for. Um, yeah. you know, And if they're working on their own, there's a policy to make sure that they uh, are risk assessed and stuff yeah. like that. So I think um, it really is about serving the church yeah. and actually that gift then serves the church and the church has even noticed yeah. most of the time that goes on uh, i don't know about you but most sunday mornings um aren't really a chance to really you know focus on the enjoying god because there's all still stuff to go yeah. on behind yeah. the scenes and i know you give the notices gav when we're yeah. running stuff here and other things going on um you know and i at that time the, the guys the pastor at that time said to me we want you to be sat near to us so if you need anything doing 
we know you can do that. And yeah. so, uh, and Mr. Fixer, I guess, is you yeah. know, problem solver, the, and, problem solver, yeah. uh, man of many hats, which is what goes on. Um, but when you've got a gift like you've got, you're able to take that on the next stage. So not only to do that, but actually then to train and develop and very much is what you're doing here with the church office staff is yeah. to provide that gift to other people because those who've got gifts in terms of teaching don't just teach, they then train other teachers. Yeah. Those who've got gifts in terms yeah. of uh, prophetic ministry, they may then train other people to do that in regards to those things as well. And so I think also you've probably got a gift of help. So I mentioned helping in there as yeah. well. I, th I think the um, uh, Mercy Ministries that yeah. you run here would be helps. Yeah. Uh, with regards to that and helping other people and stuff like that so again uh, not just having that gift but also being able to share it abroad and train other people as well is something that is key to uh, administrators who are expressing that gift that god gives to serve the whole body yeah both the local body and the universal body of the church yeah, absolutely right now i think you, you've got some some great stuff there tom and, and if you are a church administrator serving in this role and in a voluntary or part-time full-time you know whatever it is you know you're carrying responsibility and and in some ways we want you to to know god's pleasure mm -hmm. and and you know smile and delight in in all that you do um because you know the connections and all the work that happens behind the scenes you know i'm big on it it facilitates the gospel it helps the gospel Absolutely. go out and and without people like yourself you know running and working in the background these you know these things don't don't happen and the church isn't strengthened and doesn't grow and you know our mission is to take this gospel out there Absolutely. and uh, we want to serve them, our members and you know the wider church in the best way we can and yeah i hope that that the church office over time will will do that more and more and um, yeah and, and i think you know i i left here wanting to go into policing partly because i wanted to find a bit more about structure and planning and stuff like that which i hadn't had and i think you know there are various courses that you can do and i don't know if you've done any courses with regard to that Gavin I think they're useful but I think it's it's a it's mostly about that heart of willing to to yeah. serve yeah. and to take direction and to do it and actually also to show initiative as well you know we talked yeah. about Mercy Ministries and other things that you've done showing the initiative the Christmas market is your baby oh yeah I love um, it I love the old Christmas <laughs> events <laughs> and uh, you know it was missed last year and stuff like that and um yeah the star on top of the building and various things that you, you can do within that. You go, one of the things I did was, was setting up the, the website back when there weren't many yeah. websites back in yeah. the day. Went around and got pictures uh, and, and put all that together. Um, and I mean, it's gone on leaps and bounds since those yeah. days. I mean, you uh, were designing leaflets, posters. I mean, you were doing all that kind of stuff because you know graphic designers what was that you know well we, in fact we for some time we employed and we still do employ yeah, guys these graphic designers and stuff like we that. Need yeah, them, yeah, I, was, I was definitely a jack of all trades and uh, a master of none of them <laughs> um, but i had good fun in dabbling and stuff like that and yeah. uh you know and again identifying other people that could take those things on uh is great and again we're blessed in the church because of the size that we are, we've got pretty much most of those gifts nailed yeah. down with people in the church. But it's still a, a case of, I guess one of the things that I would say was identifying those gifts in people and using those things that, that yeah. then could be shared around again for the common good. Yeah, um, yeah, no, absolutely right. And, and you know, you may be listening to this thinking, I've got no one in our church who can do church administration. And I think it's it's going away again and, and praying and reconsidering your members and, and you know what you have because god does place the yes. gifting in the churches yes. and and sometimes we just need to find that and and explore 
uh, different people and different options um, because he does bless the church with these what they need and um, a case in point so i mean i came into the role as a youth leader it wasn't that i was meant to come into administration they spot i had a, a, a gift in, in regard to that and i took it on as far as i could do but i mean again how, how did you come into this position gab because as i was going as i was leaving i was saying well look have you got somebody else in mind that, that you know can take it on the next stage they said no uh, and, you know but we're, we're open to god to do that and we're praying obviously for that and yeah. then a few years later on here I am. Go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was saying to Jennifer Reed the other day on our podcast that, um, you know, I almost got thrown in the deep end a minute. You know, day one, here's half a million pound budget. Here's the staff. We want to take it in this direction. Like, get get on and, and do it. And I remember my task list, you know, over a week would be 80, 90 yeah. tasks a week trying to, mm. to think how can we get through everything and start to change things um, and move things forward if, where we could. Um so yeah, so my background was sport. So mm. I kind of was at Cardiff City for a number of years. Did you nearly, some... nearly went to Sheffield United, didn't you? Yeah, point, that, yeah, yeah. Almost had lots of interest in other clubs, but my parents weren't keen to send me away, mm. and which I'm grateful for. Um, looking back on it, you know, my life could be so different, mm. um, you know, to what it is now if it wasn't for you know their input and the grace of God at work and. And so, yeah, so I, I kind of got involved in sport and then the connection between sport and young people was mm. just what I was passionate about. Mm. Um, and then I, I did a year in um, the Welsh Assembly Government in the youth policy team and yeah. looking at how sport and, and, you know, information and, you know, young people's entitlement, how all those things could work together and how we could, you know, serve, serve young people in Wales. Loved that. And then, yeah, you get a phone call out of the blue from Pete Greasy saying, can you pick me up from the airport? I want to talk to you about uh, coming to work at the church and and really had no idea what I was letting myself into. Um, and nor did I really have any training, you know. Um, you know, you're passing me this budget and I've I've never done any finance training. Uh, I never had that budget. I, half a million pounds. I yeah. think I had like 60,000. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, you, you you know, and, and I know um, administration is, is a spiritual gift because mm. like... I've, I, in a sense, I've received that gift, mm. and and it is a gift. And and you know, my wife says to me, you know, I'd love it if you could administrate like you do at church at home, <laughs> um, you know, because you see my finance file with all my uh, bills and stuff. Um, and so there is a grace gift, mm. and and I know that, mm. and I experience that every day, and and know that this isn't my making or me being, you know, brilliant in these areas. It, this is. God's grace mm. and um, at work and so yeah so I've had limited training yeah other than you know just on the job just you know thrown into it mm. um, you know good people around you ask lots of questions um, you know connect where you can and network with other churches and yeah I've visited you know gosh loads loads hundreds of churches over the yeah. 18 years mm. um, and take people with you on that journey as well. I've taken mm. the maintenance team somewhere. I've taken PAs and administrators to go and look at other places. Mm. And and we can, you know, like like the church office that we hope the church office will be. It'll be a resource for people to to go to. You know, visiting other churches was a great resource. And um, I've appreciated those re- relationships. And coming back to what you talked earlier on in terms of pastors who are perhaps considering. That. And, and I think pastors need to have a degree of responsibility for their own administration to a certain yeah. extent. And I'll come back to that in a second. 
because you mentioned about be, being picked being picked up from the airport and, yeah. I'll, and i'll come back to a story with regards <laughs> to that but you know i think if you are looking and you put it out there you might come across a gav you might come across somebody that you haven't considered you might want to test them for a season you might want to ask them whether that degree of that is you might just want to observe them give them a few you know jobs to do um and see how they respond to that and you know do they have the heart to that do they have the ability to that is there a few things you might want to you know tidy up with regards to to doing that and um you know you may come across some some diamonds in the rough there and god yeah. may reveal the person's ministry in doing that but as i said i yeah. think pastors have some need to have some degree of themselves gift in that regard um <laughs> yes, pete would do. say that he has i'm not sure if he has unless he developed some <laughs> so a few years ago when he was uh, traveling a bit more and stuff like that he had sorted out his own flights to the states i take no responsibility for the story that i'm about to tell you <laughs> with regards to that and in fact there's a few pete greasy travel stories that yeah. do the circulation but on this particular one he'd arranged for his own trip to the states um and i think it was a june of 2000 and two or 2003 something okay. like that or something like that on november actually i think it was and uh he, he said to me look i've arranged this trip to the states uh you need now it's all sorted uh that's fine can you take me to the airport on on thursday yeah so i said that's fine it was heathrow airport uh, i picked him up we were living in the same town at that point Caffilly. picked him up in the wee hours uh got him to the airport plenty of time dropped him off at Terminal 4, wherever it was, yeah. with all of his stuff. You okay, Pete? Yeah, is that fine? That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. <laughs> and this was, I think, before much of the days of mobile phones and stuff like that. So yeah. I got back, okay, no problem at all. Came to work the following day. And then on the uh, Sunday, I spoke to his wife, Jenny, and I said, oh, how's Pete getting on in the States? And she said, he's fine now. You didn't hear then. I said, no, what happened? Oh, no. So Pete then relayed the story a few days later when he got back. He had turned up at Terminal 4 with his ticket, went to, to check in, said to the uh, the lady, uh, I'm here for my flight. And she said, your, yeah, your flight is on the 30th, that's tomorrow. And he said, no, today's the 30th. And she said, uh, Mr. Greasy, there's 10,000 people in this airport, 9,999 know that today's the 29th. And one of them thinks today's the 30th. So he, oh, bless had, to, he had to then make his way into london to stay overnight his bag broke on the underground as he was getting <laughs> off the thing so he had to scrub all his clothes and stuff and put them in his bag he had Love a broken it. wheel he had to find a, a hotel or somewhere to stay he was by this time absolutely shattered and uh, went to have a shower and he turned on the show and apparently a dribble came out of the tap and stuff like that so it was it was a it was a peak greasy get my horror violin story. Out for him, so yeah. all of those of you think peak greasy is wonderful he 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 is yeah. But uh, administration, this is why he's employed Gav to do it, because um, <laughs> there's a number of horror stories. But actually, on a serious note as well, the advice that I had when I went to the States all these years ago with, yeah. uh, with from Bo Lutinsky was, uh, Pete Greasley is one of the most gracious people that he knows. Yeah. Uh, and um, he said, you rely on that, because there'll be times when you make mistakes or get things wrong. Yeah. And um, you, know, you need to be open to that, and we talked about this earlier on, but actually, yeah. When those have happened, Pete's been really gracious with regard to that. Yeah, yeah. things have been done for the right motive. And um, even with the bonfire one, I think he had a good laugh about it uh, yeah. with regard to that. So. And I, th I think what you're picking up on there, Tal, which is lovely, is that you, you, when you were working here, you had a great relationship with Pete. You know, And I know Absolutely. I've got a great relationship with him. And and that takes time and investment. And, and, and you know, almost a friendship develops in the role. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you're in a situation and you're listening to this and, you know, 
reassess and think about what's what's my relationship like with my senior pastor Absolutely. Absolutely. and 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 what what could you do as a church administrator to to serve him or to improve that um you know that that's an important question because uh, it does make a difference doesn't it you know. And and that's why the you know for me one Corinthians twelve helps it talks about the unseemly parts the hidden parts I think it says in other translations yeah. and you know what you do tends to be hidden behind yeah. the scenes what Pete does is because he he preaches and pre- he holds most of the preaching ministry on Sunday morning is is seen by most people but actually what he does doesn't go on without the other part of the body the hidden yeah. part that you do behind yeah. the scenes yeah it does and, and and that relationship is a is a key part to that. It is, yeah. We work together, and and yeah, it does make a difference. Yeah, and for all the other pastors as well, for Bob and Lou and uh, yeah, and the others here as well. That's great. That's uh, that's really helpful. Any other thoughts on working with senior leaders or pastors um, oh. that you could recommend or encourage us in? No, I think when it works the best, there's a confidence that they can just leave you to get on with the, being an administrator yeah um they don't need to micromanage you they don't need to check up all the time what you're doing they can give you a task and have a confidence so you know even before lockdown well and way way before in the day pete never w- works out of here does he, he lets no. you get on with what you're doing yeah and in fact um i don't know if many people know the pastors don't actually work out of here most of the time there's a yeah. there's a room for them here if they're meeting people here but the pastors actually work out the centre of town, which is actually works better for people coming to see them during the week. Yeah. Um, but you're pretty much left to run your half a million pound budget in yeah. the building. <laughs> it must be more than that now, haven't they? Give you more yeah, money now, Gav? it is more now. Yeah. Um, and to run the building here, which is on a separate estate to where the, the pastoral team works out of. And so there is that confidence that they have in you and you've given them that confidence to get on with running your team yeah, people who work here full-time part-time workers volunteers who come into the building yeah. I mean, it's a huge operation uh, that goes on um and it, so there's a confidence and the trust that comes out of that uh, with regards to that as well yeah and and you know i spoke to somebody uh, a couple of days ago who was saying you know one of the things that gareth said on a podcast was you know that they trust our voice and you trust trust theirs and that 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 Mm. kind of relationship develops and and you know someone was saying to me i've been in the role a year and that hasn't happened um and i'm just saying you know keep keep going on it yeah you know keep going on it and um you know it does take years you know i've been 18 years in this um now and and it's probably taken 10 to to build up that kind of confidence and what that trust of what you're saying is that and that friendship and and Pete knows how I work and I know how he works. We come at things very differently. And, and so I think one of the key things in administration that I'd probably, you know, finish on here is just that that patience, yeah. you know, yeah. um, patience with those that are around you that, that think differently, that might take a bit of time for them to get on board to your thinking um, and to how you want to kind of manage a particular ministry or an event. And they don't necessarily see it straight away, but as they get into it and as they as they work with you you know i've had pete come back to me a couple of times and gone ah oh, you made the right call on that mm. i'm glad i backed away from that and just mm. let let us run with what you're saying um yeah I mean, the, the buzzwords we talk about in in my field is diversity and the importance of diversity and you know i think the but again we had it summed up in that passage that i read from about the different parts of the body that you know you wouldn't expect the eye to tell a hand what to do and you wouldn't expect a hand to tell a foot what to do yeah. and the like. They get on and do their own thing. Yeah. And so 
once there's that confidence from the pastors that you're going to do what you're going to do, there's a backing off. And perhaps probably the difficulty may come when pastors have a degree of administrative gifts themselves. Yeah. And have a certain way that they want things to be done. Yeah. And you may come and say, well, actually, that's worked okay. But as we move or as we grow or as we press forward, uh, or a better way of serving may be doing it in a different way. And so that, yeah. that pastor has to maybe step back and give you room to do that. Yeah. Great. Well, Tyler, thank you for your time today, mate. And, You're welcome. And, I forgot, yeah. By the way, I forgot to say hello to Jason Isaacs as well. So, uh, uh, good. Um, mate, we've, we're thrilled to have you. And, you know, don't let it be too long before we get you back. And um, and if you've got questions for Tyler, and I know he's offered um, about safeguarding or security and, you know, just to touch base with another church on what they do, um, then then please get in contact um, at, on the email at info at thechurchoffice.co.uk. Um, please check out the document that Tollers put together it's in the document template section and you can download it for free of charge and interact with it it's some 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 useful policy some procedure a job description for for the security team so you know mate thanks for putting that together you're welcome and uh, well if you're listening have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, we hope to hear have you back at some point to to listen to more of the podcast <laughs>